Charlotte Henry on how the media covers conflicts. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Headspace. Meditation made simple. Visit headspace.com slash macvoices for a free one-month trial. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. So folks, today's a little bit different. Um, Charlotte Henry and I recorded a piece that was going to be published, and then we discovered some technical problems with it. So we were able to resurrect, uh, or save, I should say, um, the best part of that particular part of the discussion, um, but we had to re-record some of it, and so we just decided to say the heck with it, we're going we're gonna to co- uh, cover two topics instead of the one we did. So in the second part of Mac Voices, you will hear our original discussion um, that has to do with privacy and the internet and some questionable activities. But this time we're going to cover uh, something a little bit different uh, as part of the re-record. So Charlotte Henry, welcome sort of back to Mac Voices before you got here. I don't know what it is. It's a time warp. Is it, let's do the time warp again. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. And perfect. I, I'm happy to spend time with you always. So I'm glad we get to have an extra conversation, even though what we might talk about is somewhat well, is very unpleasant and difficult. I, absolutely, I agree on on all counts, Charlotte. And what we're we're dancing around here is, I asked Charlotte if she'd mind talking a little bit about uh, the media's reaction, and from her perspective, of course, in the UK, but the media's reaction to the war in Ukraine, um, how it's being covered, how it's being reacted to from a media standpoint, because we all know that you know in, in the era of questionable news sources, fake news and all that. Everybody has an angle. Everybody seems to have an opinion. And right now, this is something that's near and dear to a lot of us because a lot of us have friends in the Ukraine and are concerned about them. And so, Charlotte, I'm going to throw it open to you. I mean, how do you think that the media is covering this? or any, and All aspects of the media are covering this. Mm. So uh, th- there's definitely... A couple of bit. You're, the way of you framing it as all aspects of the media is definitely the way to do it because there's different elements. So I think one thing that we've seen is for all we talk about the power of social and you know all of that, what we have learned is that when in a crisis, everyone goes back to their traditional outlets. In the UK, the BBC, BBC News has been the kind of anchor of all, you know, people's perceptions and coverage. I mean, there's also been some amazing work done by the team at Sky News, including one team uh, there, one of the correspondents and his crew were actually ambushed and shot at by, they think, Russian saboteurs and had to shield, you know, one was hit and, you know, they all have left the country okay as far as I understand it. But, you know, there was some very deeply worrying video about from the Sky News team out there as well. But So these traditional outlets have the capacity to step up in these awful circumstances in ways that other outlets don't. I've watched a bit of the CNN coverage as well. Um, and, you know, it's, the, it's a similar story, isn't it? These organisations have capacity that lots of places do simply do not and the experience that lots of places simply do not. And so this is, you know, this is when they come into their own. Um, there's amazing work from a presenter called Clive Myrie on the BBC News. Um, 
the other correspondents out there, Orla Guerin, Lise Doucette, have all been doing amazing work out there. There's others who I forget as well. Um, but of course, I've, I've seen this described actually as the first TikTok war as well, which is a kind of worrying and quite a bizarre phrase to say. But I can understand where it's come from because we've seen so much video content come out of the Ukraine and onto our For You pages that you can see how people have got that perception as well. Never mind the constant you know, flow of information we get through Twitter, pictures on Insta and video on Instagram and so on. It's so it, it is a combination of all those things, but I do think that anchor fascinatingly is always actually these traditional news outlets in moments like this. So the first thing, I'm sure people are going to say, hey, I tuned into Mac Voices. What's all this Ukraine war coverage <laughs> stuff? But, I, you know, we, we talk a lot about tech-adjacent things here. And, and I mm -hmm. think the, the TikTok war comment is especially interesting. Um, we've seen, you know, a, a uh, And also, of, we, we, we should mention, sorry to interrupt, we should mm -hmm. mention that the Ukraine is home to a thriving tech scene and home to Apple software that I'm sure lots of people listening have used. You know, you and I both know the people at Macpaw and Riedel and those places who are, I, you know, I have been in touch with and, you know, are living this. We're talking about it. They're living it. And, and so this is, you know, the Ukraine is home of an important tech scene. And, we, we, you know, tech adjacent, we shouldn't forget that either. You know, this is not some, particularly for me in Europe, it's not some far off land. This is a, you know, it's a European country, a European city with, as we say, thriving tech scene, thriving cult and so on. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out. You're right. MacPaw, the makers of Setup, um, mm -hmm. Riedel, Bvite Software, uh, I, Grammarly. I mean, the, the list goes Grammarly, on. And on yeah. there, there are plenty of articles out there, but it's, it's a very strange experience. You know, we're all, Depending on what age you are, you're used to seeing war movies and, boy, isn't that horrible? But that was a different time, and it could never happen now. And now Charlotte and I are both in the position of having friends, people we know that have had dinner with and, you know, would run up and give a hug to at a trade show. They're they're living in bomb shelters. Yeah, just, but I had the um, – I hosted at WWDC. must have been 2020 WWDC. Um, I hosted an event for MacPaul. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy stuff that's going on now. So that's that's why we're addressing it here. Um, but the, the TikTok war is a, is is a great point. Mm. I mean, we have more people. More people have more cameras, more video cameras in their hands probably than ever before, and, and so, high quality, and high quality. And this is being documented in a way that you know nothing else. I mean, there have been political unrest situations in in a lot of places, but not quite like this. And I've, I'm, I'm, in, I'm fascinated by you know how it's be, how those media platforms are being used to spread opinion, but also mm -hmm. you know watching some of them shut down certain accounts, um, whether that is a right thing or a wrong thing, you know whether they're propaganda or whether it's just somebody else's point of view. These are tough questions, and they're also questions we will get to in the the part of the interview that Charvo and I recorded before this. Um, mm. But I mean, Charlotte, is it is it a good idea for any of these places to be shutting things down? Uh, I mean, there's so many layers of that to unpack. I wouldn't even try and give uh, you know a straight answer. I'm sorry for that, but it's 
there's so as I say, there's so many layers to it. I mean, we've seen lots of the social media companies have who I think have learned through elections, COVID, all the issues where they've been blamed for disinformation or for allowing it to spread. Um, they are now responding and are having to respond to something, as you say, they haven't really dealt with um, in the time, you know, TikTok is, well, it's, you know, particularly in the Western world is very new. Facebook's a bit older, but, you know, and has had difficult things to deal with. But this is obviously a live war in Europe. Um, you know, same for Twitter. They're all, if you go to any of their the company's pay, you know, press pages or whatever, they're all making announcements explaining how they're trying to mitigate things. I can't believe any of it will be perfect. But obviously what's important in, you know, you know that cliche, the first casualty of war is truth or something. And I think we're, we are seeing this. Um, but it, interestingly, we've also seen things like, you know, President Zelensky in Ukraine using social media and using videos really powerfully to connect with people both in his country and without it and to explain the situation on the ground. Um, obviously, you know, Russia has taken actions that have led lots of um, social media companies and, you know, brought in laws that means social media companies don't want to, can't operate there anymore, don't feel they can operate anymore, um, which limits the amount of kind of information that, you know, Russian citizens can get. And I guess it also limits the way Russian citizens, we've seen, you know, pictures of huge demonstrations against the war within Russia from ordinary citizens. And I guess some of that organization is hampered as well if social media is hampered. So it, there's so many different dynamics to it. And I think the companies are really having to learn in real time, which I guess in some ways sounds bizarre because they might, you would like to think as powerful companies as this have planned for stuff. And but equally, particularly having you know endured two years of criticism throughout the pandemic in different ways, but yet here here we are, and they clearly are having to respond and learn in real time, and develop policies in real time. So that's a really interesting concept that I hadn't exactly thought about um, that way. That they're having to learn as they go in this situation, because this this just this does feel so much different than any of the other other political unrest situations, whether there was violence involved or not. Um, that you know, okay, this is a bit of a of a test ground for what they should shouldn't do, what they should or shouldn't show, or who they should or shouldn't cut off. Um, that's you know, maybe we, maybe we all need to be a little more tolerant of some of their decisions. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we don't have our opinions about their decisions, but um, just understand that they too, uh, they're trying to figure out where the, the the black side of the line is and the white side of the line is. And unfortunately, mm. it's just a big, it's a big muddy gray. Uh, in lots of cases, yes, because, you know, we, everyone wants to know, have realistic information, but there's not necessarily a muddy line between truth and not truth is you know that's a slightly different thing whether you're saying i mean this is getting into very murky ground but whether you're saying should nothing from russian anyone as associated with the russian state be permitted on social media or you know that kind of thing that's how i accept is difficult ground and 
but you know it's not difficult ground something that's true or not true you know uh, you know things like images that we're told are from current day ukraine that are not that stuff you can filter out to, and deal with and these companies surely have the resources to do that yeah good point good point this edition of mac voices is supported by headspace headspace is meditation made simple go on have a think take a minute how are you feeling we all say fine when we don't really mean it. Fine isn't really an emotion, is it? How many times have you told yourself you're fine when all you really feel is anger or sadness or nerves? Headspace is scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. In fact, a recent study proved in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. That's a lot of stress reduced. Whether you want to relieve stress and anxiety, sleep better, or improve your focus, Headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for real life. There are lots of stressful things going on in the world today. Many of those we can't do much about, but they still stress us out. Why not do something that you can do something about? Get your stress under control with Headspace. However you are feeling, try Headspace at headspace.com slash macvoices and get one month free of their entire mindfulness library. This is the best Headspace offer available, so go to headspace.com slash macvoices today. headspace.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Headspace for their support of Mac Voices. You, you also mentioned the Ukrainian president's, um, president's presence on <laughs> social media mm. and, and, and on mainstream media as well. Um, and I, I think it's been interesting. He seems to be doing a great job of leveraging that, leveraging you know that to show a lot of things. He's also acquitting himself quite well as president, probably better than a lot of presidents of a lot of countries have done in the past. Um, but that's another discussion. I don't. I want to. That's a dangerous discussion. But I'm I'm a little surprised. At least here in in the West, at least in the U.S., I see very little in the way of actual statements by Putin. Um, or any of his lieutenants. And I'm curious to see if that's the same in the UK. I think I have definitely seen, when he has made, kind of address either the Russian public or the world more broadly, that definitely has filtered into British news coverage for sure. Okay. I, I couldn't tell you, just because actually at certain points I've just found it all too depressing, I've had to turn off the rolling news. I couldn't tell you authoritatively if people have run that live or whatever. Um, but with they, you know, there certainly has been um, issue. You know, there certainly has been reporting on what he has said if he has made public statements. Hmm. Charlotte, recognizing you're a journalist, I'm not. Okay, we may, I think we make that point in the next section too. Um, do you think that we that do we have obligations to look at these things? And we were doing it now, so right or wrong, whether you folks, whether you agree with it or not, we're doing it right now. But do you think we have an obligation to talk about some of these things? How, how would you mean specifically in terms of like misinformation, the power of platforms at moments like this? Yeah, yeah, and 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 your your insight into the uh, the fact that they're all all these platforms are learning, they're still learning what they should well, do about it. I hope we have an obligation because it's the kind of thing I write about. So I, uh, I, I do you know not to make light of it, but 
l- let me put it this way. The reason I find this stuff interesting to write and report on is because I think it matters. Um, of course, you know, we mentioned the tech scene in the Ukraine. Apple has obviously been impacted by the situation as well, has made the decision to not operate in Russia. Um, you know, that's a big decision for a big company to make. So, you know, the, there's situations like this impact all facets of media, of technology. And I think, you know, you and I are very much not foreign or war correspondents. Um, and there are some amazing people doing that work. But there's also other elements. You can argue they're less important, but there are other elements to what's going on that also deserve, you know, some attention as well. So that we get a so that we get a wider picture of the perspective. I'm not saying this conversation is the stuff we've touched on. This conversation is more important than actually reporting on what's happening on the ground. I would never claim that, but I think there is value in understanding wider context of things. I think that's well said. Um, the wider context part, um, because. Mm. The, the war correspondents, and I'm with you, I, I would not want to do that job. I have the utmost respect for them. But they're, they have their faces up against the glass. We have the luxury of leaning back, being just a little farther away, and you know seeing maybe patterns they can't or aspects of it that are not immediately obvious if you're literally on the ground. So, And luxury is exactly the word. We're sitting in our nice, comfortable homes while they're on the ground. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about um, Apple? And I saw this morning as we record this Microsoft, but so many companies pulling out of Russia or refusing to do business with with Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, is, do you think that's that's an, as effective a weapon as maybe we'd like it to be? I well, how do we trying to approach this without going into the kind of politics and foreign policy and kind of defense policy, which I'm very much no expert in. Um, particularly in that part of the world, I would I would suggest that given the tools the West has at its dis- at its reasonable disposal, um, consume you know big companies and economics sanctions are seem to be the thing we most have and are able to leverage. Uh, and uh, you know obviously the trading environment is very difficult for those companies as well. So, you know, it's the cynic in me would say it's, you know, it's good PR for those companies because and also look at how, um, you know, given the erratic nature currently of the Russian economy, they it doesn't suit them to be involved in the economy anyway. But that doesn't mean they haven't made the right decision. Um, I mean, look at what recently Apple had times when it stopped trading in Turkey, didn't it? Because the the. Uh, the, the currency there was very erratic and it paused uh, deals there for a time. And, you know, you can see w- whatever the political fallout was a business. You can see the business case for doing that as well, given what's happened to the Russian ruble. But I also think, you know, these companies have a big, powerful entities and, you know, we are entitled to expect them to do the, what we would perceive as the right thing. Yeah. That's, that's a discussion I'd love to have sometime to get a panel together because the, the the doing the right thing um and and i'm not suggesting i'm second guessing here under these circumstances at all so please nobody beat on me about that yeah um but you know the, the right thing is 
the right thing from whose perspective? Uh, you know, and, and right now it's yeah. There are lots of cases where that's pretty grey. I think most people would not consider that there to be a particularly murky line in this particular instance. I would this hope is so. a, this is a much more clear cut example. I would say for the companies and to make that decision on. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. I, and, and Charlotte, I know. I mean, you obviously uh, being in the UK are a lot closer to the situation because. The, the much of, there, I mean, well, Eastern well, Europe is still pretty far away. Well, relatively speaking, but but I think you know here in the U.S., um, I mean, oil production is a big thing, and we have the ability to maybe ramp up some oil production. From what I understand, and this is you know, I've got to rely on the mainstream media for some of this, um, but you all have a, a much greater dependence on Russian oil, and so I think that is yeah. a greater problem in the European continent than the UK. But I think, as a broad, from what I understand, as a broad statement, all countries are have a level of reliance, some more than others. Yeah. So. And that's about as in depth on that. You know, that's about as in depth on a topic I know next to nothing about. As I'm prepared to go on that particular instance. No, I, I I'm, I'm the same. But at, but at the same time, you know, you look at it and you, you listen. We all, at some level, we all have to be just a little selfish and figure out, okay, how is this going to affect me? And my lifestyle and the way I want to live. I'm, we, you and I are certainly not being affected like our friends in the Ukraine, but I know gas prices here have been steadily climbing over the past few days. That means that you know the price of literally everything is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, yeah, at, and that's at, certainly true here. To a very, it was already true before the war, and has been exacerbated by the situation in Ukraine. That's yeah. absolutely true. And and therefore, I think it's important for folks to kind of remember this. Whether you tuned into Mac Voices or not to hear Mac stuff and Apple stuff, um, you know this is these are circumstances and things that are going to affect all of us one way or another. Uh, I mean, it really will. If you, th- I mean, think about how you know issues in Chinese chip factories affected us care- getting the kind of products and cars and all the kind of things people care about. You know, this situation is a in lots of ways a more extreme, you know, immediate version of that and much harder to navigate around because there is an actual horrendous war going on and you know yeah it's it's we talk a lot about things being a global economy and you know the it's Mm -hmm. a global community now and this is the kind of thing that i think brings that home that now it's not just somebody in some other country that's fighting with somebody else in some in some other country it's friends of ours that are under the gun and it's situations like this that are affecting our lives and then affecting them very quickly that you mm. know you realize how interdependent we all are and how much we need to i guess try to understand each other each other's positions and work together to to compromise instead of becoming so separated yes um, although there's obviously also a time and a place to stand up for yourself and the things you believe in in your, uh, your well, in this case, your independence and sovereignty as a country, perhaps. Um, again, I understand that, yeah, you know, that's what the Ukrainian people would argue, wouldn't it, that they're, they are standing up for themselves as an independent nation. Um, yeah. Yes, you, you're, but also you're absolutely right to point out that we have seen, um, you know, from, as you say, us communicating with people who we know from the tech world to world leaders mobilizing, you can, you know, 
the idea that, and I say this on an island, none of us are an island really anymore. Um, yeah. yeah, we have those connections. Yeah. Well, think about what we're doing. I'm in Pennsylvania, you're in the UK, and we're having this conversation in real time. Yes, hello from London, yes. Yes, what does that tell you about how, how small the world has gotten? And one day, maybe I'll get to meet you in person, Chuck. Wouldn't that be? I hope so. I hope so. Whether I come there or you come here, we have to make it happen. It would be very nice. (laughs) So, Charlotte will be back in the next section of Mac Voices, the one that we recorded before this and that we had the difficulties with. But the meat of the interview and and that discussion, it's in in light of this discussion, it may seem just a little more frivolous, but it's still pretty important um, because of concerns of privacy and security and who has what rights in the world that we just described as being much, much smaller. So I hope you will join us uh, in the next edition of Mac Voices, the second part of this, which kind of was actually the first, depending on how you look at it. Until the next time, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.